So just like you held back and you look at the person and you saw the good in what they were doing, so too Hashem will see the good in what you were doing. Episode number five. Welcome to the Torah Podcast. Lessons from authentic Judaism. Get the tools and inspiration you need for personal growth. Hosted by Rabbi Mitterhoff. Shalom, this is Rabbi Eliyahu Mitterhoff with this week's Torah Podcast. This week we'll be discussing the sixth Mishnah in the first parak of Parkiyavos, how to judge others favorably, seeing the bigger picture. We're going to have a powerful parable about the dark store, a great story about Ramosha Feinstein, and peace in your home, working it out for yourselves. And now, Ethics of the Fathers, the fundamentals of Jewish faith and character development. So the Mishnah says like this, Yeshua ben Prachia, v'nitai ha'arabeli kiblu mehem. Yeshua ben Prachia omer, he said, Ose lecha rav, make for yourself a rav. Kone lecha chaver, acquire for yourself a friend. Vehevei dan es ko adam lekavzchus, judge every man favorably. So there are three parts to this Mishnah. Make for yourself a Rav, acquire for yourself a friend, and judge others favorably. So Rashi says, I'm making yourself a Rav. You should learn from the facts and not from your own ideas. That's why you needed a Rav, to hear the facts. And I believe he's learning similar to the Bartanur who explains that you shouldn't learn today from one person and tomorrow from another person. It's good to hear a lot of different ideas. But when it comes to Gemara, getting the gear set, getting the text down, one Rav is better because it will be less confusing. And the Rambam explains that even if a person is not worthy to be a Rav, you should still make him your Rav. You should accept him as your teacher. Why? So you should debate with him. And in this manner, you will retain your studies. Because one cannot compare the effects of a person studying alone as compared to a person learning from somebody else. And the opposite Rabbi Nassan also says, Rabbi Meir used to say, to whom can one compare a person who learns Torah with only one teacher? To a man who had a single field, and on that field there was wheat and barley and olive trees. And therefore, since it's all in one field, he's blessed with good fortune. But a person who learns from two or three different teachers, he's like a person who has many different fields. One field is wheat, one is barley, and one is olive trees. And a man has to pay attention to many scattered fields. And it's not the same level of blessing. To learn from one person is much better in terms of girsa, in terms of getting the facts straight, it's better to have one Rebbe. And the Rambam and Rabbi both say, even if you know as much as he, you should still make yourself a Rav. Why? Because if you make yourself a mentor, you'll be able to remember better. And not only that, there will be times where he'll understand things better than you. And therefore, he will teach you even if he's equally wise. The Chida explains what is a Lushan, la sos that you should make for yourself a Rav. He says sometimes you have to be the Rav. In your own life, you have to make decisions. You have to stand up and decide what's right, what's wrong. And the Sefer Musa Avos also says sometimes you have to see yourself as a Rav. Why? You should say to yourself sometimes, I'm a great person. How can I possibly sin? And that's another aspect of making yourself a Rav. 
I wanted them before she also explains that in terms of holiness, you should see yourself as a Rav. You should see yourself as an important person. And this way, you'll protect yourself more. And the Svas Emes explains, make yourself a Rav means let the environment and your immediate surroundings, let them be your teacher. Learn from everything. And in particular, learn from yourself. Make yourself your own Rebbe. If you want to grow, you have to think on your own. You have to be an independent thinker. You have to look at life and see what you can learn from that. So all those Mephoshim are explaining what it means to make yourself a Rav. Now, what does it mean when the Mishnah says you should acquire for yourself a friend? So Rashi has two Peshatim. One Peshat is you should acquire books. Books can be your friend. But the simple Peshat is a Chavar Mamish, a real friend. Why? Like it says in Kehelis, better is two than one. And it also says, Cherevabadim, a person who learns by himself, he's like he has a sword over his neck. Why? Because clarity. Better two people to learn together. This way you'll get clarity. And the Ruach Chaim explains you need a friend also for advice and also for a vote of Hashem. You need a friend to speak to. How are you going to serve God if you don't talk it out with your friends? You need to speak to somebody. You need advice. And the Rambam explains that a friend can help you in many different aspects of your life. It can help him in all aspects of your conduct, like it says. Or masusa, either a friend or death. You need a friend to work things out. And the Rabbeinu Yonah says like this, he says you need a friend for three things. First of all, you need a friend for words of Torah. Like it says, I learned much Torah with my teachers and with my friends even more. Second, you need a friend for mitzvahs. Even if your friend is not as pious as you, sometimes your friends will tell you off to get you back on the right track. And thirdly, you need a friend for advice. But still, you have to be careful who your friend is. The Lev Simcha explains, why does it say, Kone Chaver, you should acquire? Just like if you were going to acquire an expensive object, you should be careful who your friend is. And the Rambam explains that if you do have a good friend, somebody you could really trust, you'll get tremendous satisfaction and pleasure speaking to him and talking to your friend. If you really have a good friend, it's a tremendous thing. It adds a lot to a person's life. And the Miri also explains that you need a friend to set you straight. He says, a person can see every bias except his own bias. He can't see his own bias. Or a chavrusa or masusa, like we said before. Or a friend or death. And he brings down that the Chachmi Musa explained to us that a man without a friend is like the left without the right. He will not be able to see the truth. And even though it's good for a man to be Osek in Torah by himself, still, two people are Osek in Torah together, that's much better, he says. So now the last part of the Mishnah says, Dan esko adam lekavzchus, judge every man favorably. So many of them before should bring down this Gemara in Shabbos 127b, which I want to read to you. The Gemara says, He who judges his neighbor on the scale of merit is himself judged favorably. Thus is told the story of a certain man who descended from the upper Galilee. And he worked for another person for three years. Heir of Yom Kippur, he says, please pay me my wages. I need to go and support my wife and children. So then the boy said, listen, I have no money. So he said, okay, give me produce. He says, I have none. He says, well, then give me land. He says, I have none. He says, then give me cattle. Again, he says, I have none. Okay, give me pillows and bedding. The guy says, I have none. So he took his stuff and he left with a sorrowful heart. After Yom Kippur, 
the Balabayas took his wages together with three donkeys. They were bearing food and drink and various things. And he went to the house of the man to go pay him his wages and to eat with him. So he asked him, when you asked me to give me your wages, and I said to you, I have no money, what did you think? He said, I thought maybe you came across some cheap merchandise and you purchased it with all the cash you had. And when I said that I have no cattle, what did you think? He said, well, maybe he hired them to other people. And when I told you I had no land, what did you think? He thought maybe he leased it to other people. And when I told you I have no produce, what did you think? He said, maybe you didn't give mice, you didn't give 10% on it yet. And when I told you I have no pillows or beddings, at that point, what did you think? He said, I thought that maybe you sanctified it and gave it to the temple. So the man said, that's exactly what happened. And he said, since you judge me favorably, so too may God judge you favorably. So that Gemara was the example of how to judge someone favorably. If you have different possibilities of what it can mean, so you should always look towards the positive. And the Rambam and the Rabbeinu Yonah both explain. When it comes to a man that you don't know his character, so obviously you should judge him favorably. And surely if you know that this person has good character, you should surely judge him favorably. But if you know that a person is an evil person, you should not judge him favorably because it's probably not true. We're not fools. When you judge a person favorably, it's because there's a possibility that really he did the right thing. But if you know that a person's evil, don't be stupid. You shouldn't judge him favorably. And this is the Lushan in the Rabbeinu Yonah. He says, the Mishnah is not speaking about a completely wicked person. For even if he does a deed that is completely good and appears to be totally blameless, you should still judge him negatively. You should assume that this good deed was only external and not a reflection of his true persona. And he brings the Rambam who said that Shlomo Amalek said, A righteous person is wise to the house of the evildoer, which corrupts the wicked towards evil. In other words, we may think that since the righteous do not know how to do evil and do not understand the ways of the wicked, they would understand those who sin. It's not true. A righteous person is very wise to the house of the evildoer. They know and they recognize and notice his evil ways. And therefore, we shouldn't be foolish and judge a wicked person favorably. Now, the Chavetz Chaim explains it's very important to judge people favorably. He says, says, even if a person has merit like the sand of the sea, if he judges other people not favorably, Hashem will judge him not favorably. And what will happen? And it won't remain in his hands except for a little bit of schuyos. Why? Because how much can a person do, he says. This is beautiful. He says, how much a person on his own, how perfect is a person? Did he do the mitzvahs, the good deeds with all their particulars? And did he do his good deeds with love and with fear of God, with happiness and everything that was needed to do the mitzvah? If we really judge not favorably, you don't stand a chance. But he says, But if Hashem judges us with rachamim, so then we'll get our schuyot for what we did. 
So it's Mina Kanegan, Mina, he wants to explain the Chafetz Chaim. Why is it that if you judge another person favorably, that you also be judged favorably? So just like you held back and you look at the person and you saw the good in what they were doing, so too Hashem will see the good in what you were doing. It wasn't complete, it wasn't perfect, it wasn't with all the emotions that you need to really do a perfect mitzvah, but still you did the mitzvah. So that's the way you should look at the world also. That's the way you should look at other people. And the Svasemus also explains like this. He says, everybody has a lot of good qualities. And if we look at the person, we can see they're good. And that's the Peshat way it says, all man, you should judge all man. What Kafskos means look at the whole person. If you look at the whole person, you'll be able to see his good qualities. It's very hard for a person to say that the other person is totally bad. If you look at another person clearly, you will see qualities way beyond your own qualities. So a way to judge a person is to look at the whole person. Don't focus on the negative. Focus on all the other positive qualities that the person has. And the Svas Emes further explains that if you yourself are a good person, it's much easier for you to see the good in others. He says, by being a mensch and having good mitos, you're able to see the good in other people. The more good you start to see inside of yourself, the more good you see in other people. There's a story of the Katzker Rebbe was learning with his Chavrusa, and the Katzker Rebbe's son was there. So the Chavrusa said to the son, Would you believe me if I told you I will machal Shabbos? So the son would say, No, I want to believe you. He said, Would you believe me that I lied one time? The son would say, Yeah, it's a possibility. So he said to the son, You know why you think that way? <laughs> because you yourself would never machal Shabbos. So you couldn't think that another person could do such a thing. But a person would lie. So you think that maybe the other person would lie also. So you see that the way you view yourself affects the way you view others. And the Sefer of Odi makes a bit of a drush. He says, like this What does it mean to judge another person towards the side of merit? He says, Listen, everything that you see is Benishamayim. If you see another guy sin, it's there to remind you that you shouldn't sin. So judge, use it for Kafschus. Do you yourself should do tshuva. When you see other people sinning, you should do tshuva. And this will bring them to the side of merit because because of them you did tshuva. Because of them you returned to God. And in conclusion, the Maharal explains that this mission is referring to the three levels of society. There are those people who are above us. They could be, be our Rabbanan. They can teach us. There are those people who are equal to us, and they could be our friends. And there are those people who are less than us, and we should judge them favorably. Here's a powerful The Magin Madubna speaks on this week's Parsha Korach. He brings the Midrash that says, In the morning Hashem will make known who is qualified to be His, and who will be holy, and who will bring Him close. Moshe said to Korach's group, HaKadosh Baruch has set boundaries in the world. Can you mix up day and night? If you can, mix up the separation of day and night, and then you can know this one as well. So the Magid Maduva wants to explain this with a mushu. He says, one time a person came to a man who was a big merchant. He came to him in the middle of the night. He says, listen, I want to buy things from you. So the merchant ran down to the store. He lit candles in the stores. And a guy comes in. He says, what are you interested in buying? Expensive things or cheap things? So the man says, I don't really care. Either way. So what did the merchant do? He extinguished all the candles. So the buyer said, what are you doing? He says, listen, what's the difference? You just told me you don't care if you buy expensive or cheap. I shut off for the lights. Take whatever you want. In the end, we'll do the cheshbon. 
So that was the Mashu. Explains the Nimshaw is. So to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, He separated light and darkness. He gave us the wisdom to know between good and bad. And He gave us the wisdom to know the difference between a person who's on a higher level and a person who's on a lower spiritual level. What did Korach do when he wanted to fight Moshe Rabbeinu? He came along and said, The entire congregation is holy, as if everybody was on the same level. And there's no difference between anyone. If that's true, the Mishra is telling us, there's no difference between light and darkness. What's the difference? Everybody's the same. So what was Moshe Rabbeinu saying to Korach? He says, can you mix up day and night? If you can mix up the border that separates darkness and light, then you can know the separation as well. In other words, you claim everybody's the same. So darkness and light is also the same. If you can know that, so that's true, we'll all be on the same level. It's time for Great Stories About Great Rabbis. This is a story about Rav Moshe Feinstein, which also relates to Parshish Korach and Machlokis, arguments. One time there was a certain American city that started to deteriorate materially and spiritually. So the city didn't know what to do. They decided to bring a big Tamachachim into the city, and he'll teach to become the Rav of the city and open up a yeshiva. So what happened? The Rav opened the yeshiva, but then they saw, wait a second, this Rav is an old man. He can't relate to these young American boys. He came from Lithuania, and the yeshiva wasn't working out. So some of the people there decided, you know what, we'll bring boys, younger men, from Lakewood, and they will open up another yeshiva, and they'll be able to teach our boys, our sons, and our community will grow. And they were offering a substantial amount of money to pay these guys. But even so, since they were here at Shemaim, they went to Rev Moshe to tell him the story. Listen, this city is offering us a lot of money to come and teach there. But there's another Rav there. We know there's another Rav there. And we know there's another yeshiva. So Rav Moshe answered him. He said, don't go. You know why? Because some of the people in the city, they like the old Rav. And if you bring another set of guys in, it's going to make a fight in the community. And you should flee from a fight like you flee from fire. So the yeshiva guy said, listen, but if we don't come, the whole, the whole place is going to die out. What's going to be? Rav Moshe said, as bad as the situation is now, if there's a machlokas, it's going to be worse. If there's a fight, it's worse. So they listened to Rev Moshe and they didn't go. What happened? Three years later, the Rav on his own, the older man, decided, he said, listen, I need help here. It's not working out. So he himself went to Rav Moshe Feinstein to ask for advice. So Rav Moshe suggested, why don't you go find some boys from Lakewood that can come and help you? So when he came to Lakewood, they suggested the same guys who were supposed to get the job originally. So he brought in those guys, and the community grew spiritually. And there was no maklokas. He stopped the maklokas from happening. Learn to give, love, and communicate. This is Peace in Your Home. Rev. Moshe Aaron Stone speaks on peace in your home and finding your own solutions. Sometimes he says, when a couple comes to speak to him, I'm allowed to listen to your Lush and Hara, only if there's some benefits. But if you have an alternative, you should use it. Why don't you search for a solution yourselves? The Chafet Chaim explains that sometimes it's better to work it out yourselves because you resist the advice of others. And he brings the mashal, the Pasuk says, shake yourself off, rise from the dust. The Midrash says, for a person to pick off the dust of a chicken's feathers, it's almost impossible. 
But if the chicken stands up himself and shakes, he's able to take all the dust off in a minute. So too a couple. If a couple decides to work things out for themselves, that's the best. They could potentially work it out much faster than if it have advice from other people. There are two verses that says, one says a broken spirit is a sacrifice. And another verse says a broken and humbled spirit, Hashem will not despise. So what's the difference between the two? He explains that the first one, it's a sacrifice. Why? Because he humbled himself. The second one where it says Hashem will not despise him for being humble, that's where after he was punished. But if you do it on your own, it's greater. He brings down the righteous woman of Yushalayim to say, a closed oven keeps in its heat, but once the door is opened, the heat is lost. The same thing can happen if you talk too much about your personal affairs on the street. If you keep it personal, you can have a better chance of working things out. But he explains in the end, if you really do need advice, you should go to the Gedoli Ador, to the biggest rabbi of the generation. The Satmar Rebbe explains to Gemara, that says, before a baby is born, he has two things. He knows all the Torah, and he can see from one end of the world to the other. And then what happens before he comes out, an angel comes along and touches him on the lip, and he forgets all his Torah. So the Satmar Rebbe asked, it's true he forgets all his Torah, but why does he also lose his ability to see from one end of the world to the other? So he answers, without Torah, a person can't see. A person has Torah, Tamachacham, Agaru Ador can see things that we can't see. Like it says, if they tell you your right is left and that your left is right, you should listen to them. Because his left and right is relative. North and south is fixed, but left and right can change. You just turn the person around and he sees things differently. And he brings the Mabam who says the verse, I have made you a lookout for the house of Yisrael. A prophet is like a person who is in a high tower. He can see above. He can see things that we can't see. So if you can't work things out yourself, at least you should go to a big rabbi to ask for advice. Okay, that's it for this week's Torah podcast. Please share with your friends and please leave comments. Thank you for listening. To get more enthusiasm for your Judaism, become a free member at globalyeshiva.com.